You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 224 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? And uh, Happy New Year. Good afternoon, sir. Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to all of our listeners across the globe, uh, Canadians fans and 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 hockey fans. And, and we're going to be talking about the Canadians and hockey, World Juniors, Montreal Canadiens, Spangler Cup, Laval Rocket. I think we have it all today on, uh, as we record, uh, the last uh, show of the 2022 year. You know what? I did not realize that till now, and uh, I, th- I think I'm uh, tearing up a little bit. Happy <laughs> to be a part of this podcast, and uh, l- like you said, happy uh, new year to all our listeners. Uh, might not have happened quite yet for everybody, but uh, I'm sure for some people, by the time they listen to it, it uh, will be 2023. Mm-hmm. can't believe how fast this past season has uh, gone. Uh, the calendar year just disappeared in a blink of an eye. We'll highlight some of uh, the best moments so far from this 2022-2023 season coming up in segment two. But to start things off, uh, we'll get you up to date with everything Montreal Canadiens from the past week. A couple games went down, and of course, uh, Habs prospects. uh, Obviously, the World Juniors are are in full uh, flex right now, so we'll give you a full update on that. And of course, in segment three, it's uh, the Have Your Say segment. Our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week is, how would you fix the Canadians? And Rick, for uh, people interested in answering that question, interacting with us, or just letting uh, letting us know what their thoughts are, uh, how should they do so? Yeah, how would, you fi- how would you fix the Canadians if you had the opportunity? What's the one thing that you would do? Uh, if you have an answer to that, uh, you can text us at the Rocket Sports text line. It is 5853ROCKET, 5853ROCKET. If you have a little more to say, uh, send us an email at info at allhabs.net. And, of course, you can give us a follow at all at all Habs on Twitter, at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can check out uh, the website canadiansconnection.com. Now, taking a look from at this past week, I mentioned there were two games that went down. 
two not so good games that happened but uh, please make sure you do check out our uh, comprehensive game previews and post game recaps for every canadians game at allhabs.net uh starting things off on the 28th montreal gets one goal but tampa bay quadruples that four to one victory for tampa on the road for uh, montreal uh Gouley gets his second goal of the season uh, Montreal goes 0 for 5 on the power play and just 39% in the faceoff circle. So uh, I guess Tampa Bay certainly the better team in this one. Well, we we remember that just before the game, um, uh, day before the game, uh, Justin Barron was recalled from Laval uh, and uh, was suited up to play, um, which meant that there were five rookie defensemen in the Canadians lineup, and that has never happened. Um, you know, for a franchise that's over a hundred years old, that's that's pretty significant. Setting records, um, five rookie defensemen in the Canadians lineup in uh, uh, first time in the long history of this franchise, um, and and so a lot of focus was on them. And um, you know, I dubbed them the freshman five, and and um, I, I think they played pretty well. There was there was uh, a few hiccups here and there. Uh, but they weren't the problem on this night. They weren't the problem at all. Um, this was a, a, a dominating the the game actually uh, the game score actually flatters the Canadians four one for for the Lightning. Um, it was it it was tough. Um, Eleven high danger scoring chances in the second period alone. Uh, Jake Allen, I know lots of Habs fans are down on Jake Allen, but he was really good in this, facing 22 high-danger scoring chances in this game, uh, and he's the only reason uh, it was kept close at all. Yeah, I've liked what I've seen from the Habs rookie defensemen all season. Like you said, least of their problems. Uh, it's really not uh, not even close. Uh, I think uh, most people should be quite happy and excited uh, with what uh, the Habs have coming up the prospect pipeline in terms of defense. Uh, if we move forward one day, as uh, this was a back-to-back in the state of Florida, uh, Florida scores seven, Montreal scores two. I think somehow got worse than the previous game. Uh, Montreal did go two for four on the power play, but on the PK, they went three for six. So not great. 41 penalty minutes for the Habs. Uh, Barkov and uh, Matthew Kachuk led the way for the Panthers, combining for five goals. Uh, just an ugly mess in Florida. Yeah, it was. And and uh, the title of the recap in this one was that the Habs leaders disappoint. And um Again, not necessary. It, it wasn't the 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 poor play of of uh, the the young rookies on defense. Far from it. I, I thought they were um, solid at times. But um, Nick Suzuki in a slump. Uh, the return of Brendan Gallagher. Um, <laughs> it's seventeen minutes in penalties. Uh, Joel Edmondson, another guy wearing a letter. Seventeen minutes in penalties. Um, sorry, 14 minutes in penalties. So um, it was the Habs leaders. And on the other side, um, you look at, at the, the Panthers leaders. Barkov, of course, had a, uh, a first period hat trick. Um, and uh, it went from there. So uh, a, a tough two games in Florida for the Canadians. Currently, the Habs record is 15, 18, and 3. That's 33 points, 26 in the NHL, and uh, they are at the bottom of the Atlantic Division. 
Although I will say one or two games won and they're moving back up the standing. So pretty, uh, pretty like close in the Atlantic division. Uh, definitely some separation between uh, this weird middle section and the playoff positions. Mm hmm. So make sure you check out uh, Habs Notepad and Habs Features as posts appear regularly at allhabs.net. Taking a look at injury news, uh, not too much to update you guys on, but uh, starting with David Savard, uh, appears to be progressing well. He was skating in Broussard. Uh, Savard was placed on IR on December the 2nd. And there were some that thought uh, because he was placed on uh, the IR retroactively that he would he was available to return uh, for the, the Tampa Bay game, uh, but just not quite re- ready just yet. Michael Matheson will be reevaluated when the team returns uh, to Montreal. Uh, Matheson not having a ton of luck being healthy this season. So far only appeared in 10 games, and uh, he's not looked good in those 10 games. So hopefully he can get healthy again soon and uh, start to be the player that he was uh, in uh, Pittsburgh. We're told this is a different injury than the injury that kept him out early in the season. Um, so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're waiting for the, the report once he's reevaluated in Montreal. And Sean Monaghan is progressing well, skated for the first time Wednesday in Brassard. Uh, the Habs certainly are missing their secondary scoring. Uh, Monaghan was a big part of that to start the season, so I'm hoping he gets back pretty quickly too. Seemed to be um, a popular question. All the players and, and uh, Coach Marty St. Louis were, were asked about the absence of, uh, of Monaghan, and, and their slides seemed to coincide um, with him and uh, they're they're missing his leadership for sure we mentioned uh, Brendan Gallagher returned to the lineup against the Panthers and of course uh, the infamous 17 minutes of penalties penalties in his first game back uh, not gr- a great showing from him but uh, certainly it's nice to get a veteran body back in that lineup maybe trying to do a little too much in his first game back but uh, yeah he should bring a spark to to the team and again will will help uh, that uh that leadership void uh, that seems to be there this year. Yeah, we talked a little bit about all the great young defensemen this team has had. Um, unfortunately, Caden Gooley left Thursday's game in the third period. Uh, he did not practice on Friday. Doesn't look like he's going to be playing in Washington. It's said to be a lower body injury. It was a, an awkward fall. Um, uh, Barkov fell on top of him um, in the Canadian zone. He, Caden uh, Gooley left was laboring at that point, left uh, and didn't return, won't play uh, against Washington, um, but we're, again, waiting for a, an injury update there. Yeah, hopefully he gets back sooner rather than later. I, I would go out and say that Gouli, so far this season, probably their most consistent defender, mm-hmm. um, despite being a rookie, uh, he's going to leave a big hole in that lineup, so uh, hopefully he can get back as soon as possible. For sure. So now I think it's a good time to take a look at our Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So week to week, uh, we like to give an update on all the Canadiens' prospects, uh, 
prospects playing in uh, various leagues, Europe, NCAA, CHL, AHL, ECHL. Uh, we're going to start off with the guys not competing in the World Junior Championships. And uh, Rick, I'll, I'll let you start because there is a prospect who has certainly been playing very well over the past couple weeks, and he's really, really uh, managed to boost his stats. Uh, we talked about him uh, last week on uh, last week's episode of the Canadians Connection um, and kind of uh, alerted you to the fact that he was moving up in terms of the standings, uh, the point standings for uh, Canadians prospects in the CHL. Uh, Jared Davidson playing for Seattle of, of the WHL um, with another good week and has taken over the lead uh, in points um, for uh, Canadians prospects playing in the CHL. 47 points uh, based on 19 goals and 28 assists in uh, just 28 games and is a plus 24 leads the Canadians uh, prospects in that category uh, uh, as well. And and uh, not a guy to shy away from the rough stuff. He's up there in penalty minutes as well in terms of, uh, of Canadians prospects with 38 penalty minutes. So um, really a, a guy that, that uh, uh, no one was talking about several weeks ago, but uh, we've been alerting you to the fact of of Jared Davidson having a great season uh, so far with uh, with the Seattle Thunderbirds. Yeah, usually week to week, uh, I do a nice big rundown on the race between Riley Kidney and Joshua Waugh. Well, uh, J- Jared Davidson just kind of leapfrogged them in terms of points this past week. Uh, incredible season for him so far. Uh, another guy I wanted to point out who's uh, kind of been in the conversation a little bit hasn't been uh, I guess quite as high up in the st- in terms of statistics as uh, Jared Davidson and Kidney and whatnot but uh, Cedric Gondon he's had a good season as well with uh, the Owen Sound attack 40 points uh, 12 goals 28 assists uh, certainly a guy you want to take a start to follow a little bit uh, I know he's a little bit off the radar but you know what uh, 40 points in 33 games uh, you, you got to start following him I think <laughs> and 40 points in 29 games comes from Owen Beck so those two neck and neck same number of points Owen Beck with a, uh, a, a four fewer games played uh, Owen Beck is is in the conversation as well so lots of good Canadians prospects uh, to follow and uh, we'll do our best to keep you apprised of all of them yeah I'll uh, give you an update here on the Laval Rocket as things seem to be going quite a bit better for them uh, the offense is working out quite nicely for them these past few games uh, they put together back-to-back wins uh, against Syracuse at home starting on December the 28th uh, Laval gets six uh, Syracuse only gets three um Six different goal scorers for Laval, Pitlick, Teasdale, Schooneman, Gallipo, Trudeau, and Belzeal. Uh, so really good showing for them there. Uh, a couple couple days later on uh, December the 30th, uh, Laval gets five, Syracuse only gets one. So like I said, that scoring has been really, really good for them. Uh, the power play still a little bit hit and miss in that game. They went two for eight. Uh, so the, they have managed to convert on the power play, but I'd like to see that number go up just a little bit more. Uh, Syracuse, for whatever reason, Syracuse is a good team. Uh, of course, they are the affili- affiliate of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Interesting that the Canadians were playing the Lightning and um, Laval was playing the Lightning's affiliate uh, at the same time. Um, but the, the Laval has had Syracuse's number. Um, I, 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 I'm trusting my memory here, so don't quote me, but it's probably 
eight, nine, ten games in a row that uh, Laval has beaten Syracuse in Laval um, uh, over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, Laval obviously did not get off to a very good start this season. So nice to see them put together a couple wins here. You take them while you can. Uh, sometimes there are just certain teams that you play well against, and uh, that seems to be the case against Syracuse. Right now, the Rockets record uh, 12, 15, 3, and 1, uh, moving up to 25th in the AHL. So, hey, maybe there's hope for this team after all, eh? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I guess some uh, good news for Caden Primo. He returned to practice in Laval on Friday. Uh, he's been gone quite a while. It seems like Kevin Poulin has been holding down the fort, uh, playing the majority of the games here. Uh, Primo got off to a pretty bad start this season, uh, and then obviously that followed by an injury. So I'm hoping he can get back, get healthy, and just uh, start to play, maybe get back to the form he was in the playoffs last year. This is a very curious injury. First of all, how it happened. Uh, he was injured while sitting on the bench during a game. Stick caught him in the head. He needed stitches uh, and then was uncomfortable putting his uh, mask on after that. Uh, but that happened on November 25th. So he's been out uh, quite some time. And um, apparently he's been experiencing headaches as well. So that sounds like... Uh, concussion-like symptoms. He's not been diagnosed with a concussion. I don't want to speak out of turn there, but um, it seems like there's something uh, going on more than than just the uh, the the cut on his head from the from uh, getting a stick. Um, but good news, yes, uh, he was on the ice skating on Friday. Um, our our own Chris G was at uh, Place Bell for the practice. Of course, he attends the games. Uh, at Place Bell, but he was there for uh, practice on Friday, uh, and we have a rare rocket notepad. We talk about the Habs notepad. We, there's a rocket notepad out uh, if you want a little bit more information, uh, behind-the-scenes information, and you can find that on AHL.report. Uh, the Rocket next week have a couple of games coming up. Uh, starting on the 4th, uh, Manitoba is going to take a trip into Laval, and uh, you're going to have some boots on the ground for that one. Uh, not only will Chris G be there up in the rafters, but uh, double Mike's in the house intending that game. Uh, wow. Mike Raschel uh, from uh, Rocket Sports Media, he writes some features for us. And I will also be there, so uh, looking forward to that, and uh, I'll make sure you get the full update on that for Fantastic. sure. Fantastic. And a couple of days later, once again, Manitoba is going to stick around in Laval. So a couple of really good games. Uh, always like watching the Moose. Uh, I, I know that they're not uh, conventional rivals, but uh, whenever I watch these two teams play, they seem to really hate each other. So I'm into it. <laughs> it's that Canadian with Abbotsford, with, with uh, Manitoba. Um, yeah, it's not a divisional rivalry necessarily, but... Um, but certainly, yeah, you're right. There is some feistiness between those two teams. So now it's time to take a look at our World Junior Championship updates, taking a look at the Canadians' prospects specifically. The Habs have six different players on six different teams playing in this one. To start here, the World Junior is happening in Halifax and Moncton. A couple games for Team Canada that went by this past week. Bad start. Uh, Czechia wins five to two. Big upset for Canada. This was said to said to be probably one of the better uh, Canadian teams uh, in the World Juniors. Not a good start for them there, but uh, they did have back to back eleven goal games against Germany and Austria. Eleven to two against Germany, and then uh, eleven nothing against Austria. 
Connor Bedard in three games, 14 points. Absolutely <laughs> incredible there. Six goals, eight assists. So, I mean, you got to be excited about these Connor Bedard sweepstakes, no? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Canadians fans are. We're, we're seeing it on our fa- All Habs Facebook page. We're seeing it on Twitter in the in the responses. We're seeing it in our in the text messages. Uh, it just so happened that that uh, Connor Bedard's brilliance at World Juniors coincided with a, a Canadian's losing streak. So um, so, some Canadians fans are connecting the dots there. Yeah, maybe shifting the gears a little bit, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> so hopefully uh, Habs fans are just uh, on board with uh, whatever direction this team ends up going in. I have no idea at this point. Uh, but like I mentioned, uh, six Habs prospects in this tournament uh, leading the way uh, points-wise, Joshua Waugh on Team Canada in three games, five points, plus seven, two goals, three assists. So he's had a good tournament so far. Uh, maybe not the greatest game against Czechia, but I think you can say that about most of Team Canada, unfortunately. And uh, it, it also- was just an, an unfortunate moment uh, that that Joshua Waugh, um, he, he went offside uh, on that goal that was reviewed, it would have been two nothing uh, Canada over Czechia, and uh, that that might have changed the complexion. Instead, um, offside, um, the the goal was was taken away, and soon after, uh, Czechia scored twice and had a two one lead going into the first intermission. That seemed to be that whole sequence seemed to be really deflating some bad penalties, some bad officiating, some bad goaltending, uh, everything kind of mushroomed in that game. And then, uh, as you said, Canada just seemed to really punish the next two opponents. They seemed, uh, uh, they seemed upset with their performance in that first game. Yeah, they're certainly uh, still in the thick of it. Uh, they've got a game coming up against Team Sweden, so that, that'll be some competition and an opportunity to really display what they can do for sure. Uh, another Habs prospect at the World Juniors I want to point out here, uh, Philippe Michard. He's actually wearing an A on his chest for uh, Team Slovakia. Great start for him. Uh, three In three games, three points, two goals, and an assist, plus one. I've uh, liked what I've seen from him. When uh, Michard was drafted, I didn't know too much about him, but everything right down to the preseason and what he's done uh, in the OHL uh, with the, the Kitchener Rangers, I, I'm a big fan. I, I, I like what uh, Philippe Michard has done, and uh, hopefully he can keep rolling. And uh, You mentioned this just before we started recording, but, uh, man, Team Slovakia in terms of hockey, uh, you have to be happy with what they've been able to do. For sure. Yeah. Um, again, as we record, there's there's a lot that can happen. Um, but the Finns and, and the Americans are, are playing today. And uh, if uh, Finland wins, um, now how is it? If the Americans win, then, then Slovakia uh, takes top spot in Group B, which would be <laughs> unbelievable after them. Uh, they lost their first game and then have, have looked very good in no small part. Uh, to the to the great series that Philippe Machar is having, as as you mentioned, but uh, that would be a quite a step in for Slovakian hockey. Um, the, of course, the draft, a fabulous draft, uh, three first round picks, and then uh, a great performance at the World Juniors. And uh, one last guy that I'll uh, point out here, uh, Lane Hudson. I know no goals so far in three games, one assist minus two, but uh, I like what I've seen from him. You can really see the skill. You can see that he's got good vision uh, as a defenseman. 
Uh, he has he has that potential to be a really good puck mover. So I've liked what I've seen from him. Uh, the little bit of uh, Team USA that I've watched, and uh, certainly be keeping an eye on him throughout this tournament as well, because I know that there's a lot of excitement about this prospect in Habsland. Absolutely, and and maybe a guy that's not talked about as much. Another defenseman is Adam Ingstrom playing for Sweden. Uh, like Mashar, he also has three points on a goal and two assists. Uh, and and I think he, I mean, this is an opportunity for Canadians fans to uh, see prospects that they don't get to see all the time. Uh, and uh, Engstrom has has uh, impressed me, and uh, I I think is another prospect to keep an eye on uh, going forward. Yeah, so we'll uh, continue to provide updates on the World Junior Championships uh, with all the Habs prospects and uh, everything that goes on with Team Canada. Uh, there's another tournament happening at this moment in which uh, Team Canada has not done very well, and that's uh, the Spangler Cup in uh, Davos, Switzerland. Uh, they've played three games, uh, starting off against HC Sparta Praha from Prague. Uh, that's where the team is from. Uh, they get three goals. Canada gets two. A uh, bit of a, <laughs> I guess, a tight game, but uh, not uh, very happy with what Canada's done there. The next game against HC Davos, uh, Canada loses again, two to one. And then uh, Orbro uh, gets three, Canada gets one uh, in their most recent game. So Team Canada at the Spangler Cup, a bit of a disappointment. Uh, Habs fans might recognize some names like Nicholas Baudet, uh, Toby Paquette-Bizon, Joshua Brooke, uh, Daniel Carr and whatnot. Uh, But uh, Rick, uh, what what can you tell us about this Team Canada at the Spangler Cup? Well, this is this is a bit this is shocking, I guess. I know that there's not, uh, you know, it's not the high profile tournament, but Canada usually does well at this tournament. They have won four of the the past five Spangler Cups, and to go zero and three um, and to be out uh, uh, so quickly uh, is kind of unheard of. Um, uh, David Dayarnay, another recognizable name there. Uh, Canada's problem, they couldn't score. They scored four goals in, uh, in three games. And uh, yeah, this, this, is, uh, this is not good. And, and we'll remind you, it's typically, there, there are some names like Bodan there that are playing in the AHL. Um, but typically, uh, Canadian players playing in Europe um, that form the Team Canada team. Um, but, uh, you know, goaltending was, uh, uh, Michael Hutchinson was there, uh, not Zach Fucali for a change. Zach Fucali's done well with, uh, in, in Spangler appearances, but uh, wasn't goaltending that was the issue. It was certainly scoring this time around. Yeah, a bit of a surprise given that Michael Hutchinson was the goaltender. Uh, not that, uh, yeah, I guess you can tell I'm not a huge Michael Hutchinson fan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's how that goes. And um, I believe, Rick, uh, there was a conclusion to the Spangler Cup uh, and a winner that came out today. Today, yes, it was Ambry Piata that uh, they're the, the Swiss team uh, that beat uh, Sparta Prague to win uh, the Spangler Cup uh, just to to dot the I's and cross the T's. So be sure to read all the content at AHL.Report. Also listen to and subscribe to The Press Zone as that comes out every Tuesday. Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, and Rick Stevens form that team. It's a great listen, so make sure you check that out and subscribe. So now it's time to get into our quotes of the week, and uh, let's do something different and start things off with some intro music. Well, this segment we're going to talk about fixing the Habs, as we have throughout uh, this podcast. And what better song than Fix You 
by Coldplay. Canadians fans will recognize this song as uh, an intro song, one of the more popular intro songs used by the Montreal Canadiens over the years. I think fans still still love this one. And the Canadians would enter the ice. Uh, the famous voice of Canadians uh, uh, announcer, Michelle Lacroix, bringing the Canadians uh, out. And, uh, and we just thought it was appropriate um, that, that m- many of, of Canadians, uh, the media, uh, Canadians fans, are talking about their um, ideas of how to fix this team. And uh, we're sure you have yours too. And we thought we'd start the quotes of the week with uh, w- with an audio clip um, from Coldplay. Yeah, great tune. Uh, honestly, it's not a song I would have thought would make a great intro song for the Montreal Canadiens, but it really does work. And uh, looking at my arms here, you get you see a few goosebumps <laughs> to, after hearing that for sure. Yeah, it uh, also kind of does tie in nicely with uh, a question that. Uh, head coach Martin St. Louis had to answer this past week. Uh, he was asked, how can you fix the Canadians? Listen, the, the, the getting fixed, like it's a day-to-day thing, you know, there's game by game, you know, you, 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 you get better at one thing, but you, you let up somewhere else, you know, it's finding that balance. And, but I think right now for us, I think we're, we're a little fragile. I think confidence wise, we're a little fragile. And for us, it's just a, you know, it's, it's to, to, to try to feel good about ourselves and, uh, because you can have all the X's and O's you want and the str- strategically be very organized, but if we're not in a good place mentally, like confidence, you know, I think I think the X's and O's doesn't matter. So for us, it's just, you know, like just trying to get our swagger back. I think we lost a little bit of our swagger, and I think it's an important part of the game if you want to have success in this league, and we're working on that. Well, it's um, Marty St. Louis has been consistent. If, if nothing else, he has been consistent that systems don't matter, X's and O's don't matter, uh, he doesn't like that stuff. He likes his his players to play free. He didn't like uh, systems. He didn't like uh, you know any of those game game prep plans uh, when he was a player and doesn't like to impose those on his own players. Um, he, he deals more with the emotional side and and uh, he talks about the Canadians being uh, fragile right now, that their emotions are fragile, that they've lost their confidence and all they need, to get back on the straight and narrow is um, a little bit of swagger, and uh, it's it's listen it's it's an interesting approach. Um, I don't know that that um, I can go the whole season uh, criticizing Marty St. Louis. I, I've 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 said um, you know he's he's he is what he is. Uh, he he ha- he doesn't have experience being a head coach. He doesn't have experience. Uh, preparing his team or or talking about systems or or uh, writing those x's and o's on the board he's all about the emotion and um and that's what he's going to focus on and so uh is he a coach to 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 take you to the playoffs to to go on a long uh Stanley Cup run probably not but he's the coach for now he's the coach that the Canadians um, you know when they're when they find themselves bottom five in the standard uh, standings and and have lost their swagger and and uh, maybe are down uh, in their emotions, he's the guy that's going to bring them up and and uh, uh, he keeps reiterating that and so his his uh, how to fix the Canadians 
Let's regain the swagger. Well, if uh, swagger is a problem, I know how to fix it. Just bring back P.K. Subban. That's all the <laughs> swagger you need, of course. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I guess along what you said, uh, Martin St. Louis, uh, definitely not an X's and O's guys, but uh, seems like he's a good mentor for a guy like a Caulfield, uh, Nick Suzuki. Um, obviously, he played in the NHL for a lot of years, so uh, emotionally and maybe in terms of relatability, he has uh, certain skills there that maybe not other head coaches have. But uh, at some point, though, I, I do believe that there's going to have to be some systems in place because uh, when you're just running around on the ice and uh, if, when you're in the bottom of the standings, it's uh, it's not a good look, unfortunately. No, absolutely. So now uh, we'll take a look at our uh, hockey news and notes uh, from around the league, uh, starting with the Winter Classic, uh, Pittsburgh at Boston on Monday. That'll be at Fenway Park uh, with uh, 37,000 fans attending. Uh, this is going to be outside. Uh, I know some people always look forward to watching the Winter Classic on TV. It's made into a big event. I can't help but feel like, uh, you know, let's uh, let's give some other teams a chance here. I feel like Boston is always involved. I feel like Pittsburgh is always involved. Two good teams, lots of great players, but uh, let's uh, let's do something outside of the box next time, I think. If you like yellow, uh, two teams going against each <laughs> yeah. other with a yellow theme. Um, and because it's at Fenway, they have uh, uh, um, made a secondary rink that's in the shape of a baseball diamond. They're not going to be dropping the first puck. They're going to be throwing out the first puck, and it's going to involve uh, uh, Zdeno Chera and Bobby Orr and and some uh, and some baseball greats. So um, it, it'll be a show, um, and uh, I'm sure. It's, it's, I I mean, how do you pick? Uh, as far as a Canadians fan, I don't think many like the Penguins. I know n- virtually none like uh, the Bruins. So um, it, it it's going to be hard to choose uh, a winner there. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but uh, keeping along the theme of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, their captain, Sidney Crosby, was appointed as officer to the uh, Order of Canada. Um, the Order of Canada is uh, one of the country's highest honors, recognizing people from across all sectors of society who uh, made extraordinary and sustained uh, contrib- contributions to the nation. Uh, obviously, Crosby, at uh, 35 years old, one of the greatest hockey players at the moment, one of the greatest of all time, I think. Uh, future Hall of Famer uh, has won all sorts of awards. Uh, what is it, like three Stanley Cups and a gold medal? You know what? I think well-deserved in terms of what that is. It is. It it, it definitely is for uh, what he's uh, done as a player, what he's done for hockey, what he's done for hockey internationally. Um, and, and, and what he's done, uh, for the uh, community he never forgets his Nova Scotia roots. So, um, yeah, we, 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 we don't talk about, uh, politics on the show. And when you have the order of Canada, um, and there's, uh, you know, typically it's, it's, um, political activists and, 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 and donors that, uh, that re- get recognized. So it's nice to see a hockey player in there. Eugene Levy too, um, uh, I like him as as an actor. He was uh, on the list. Rich Little, an impressionist, um, but uh, Sidney Crosby, I, I think, as you said, uh, very well deserved as one of the ninety nine recipients this year of the Order of Canada. And uh, I think it's time to enter Speculation Nation. So Uh-oh. let's uh, put a few Uh-oh. things together here. Uh, the New York Rangers made forward Alexis Lafreniere a healthy scratch on Thursday. 
Uh, Lafreniere, a former first overall pick, he's had some trouble fitting into that New York Rangers lineup. Uh, the Rangers are pretty well stacked on forwards, especially that left wing. Um, some people are taking this and thinking, well, maybe the Rangers are going to look to move on from uh, Alexis Lafreniere and uh, find uh, maybe some other assets or a different player that might be a better fit for them. And you connect a few dots here, uh, Lafreniere obviously being a French-Canadian player and uh, Montreal being in rebuild mode, uh, looking for good young players. Maybe there'd be a fit in Montreal. Uh, what is your thought on that? Yeah, a couple more dots there. Um, Alexi Lafreniere uh, was drafted uh, while Jeff Gordon was a member of the New York Rangers. So uh, obviously he liked him then, uh, has some familiar familiarity with him. Um, and, uh, the fact that, um, that, that yes, uh, he, for, for the Canadians fan base, he would have uh, a certain amount of, of, of appeal and, uh, um, and, and swagger, I would say <laughs> as, mm -hmm. as Marty St. Louis talked about, um, it, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's unfortunate the way this has all evolved. Um, uh, being a healthy scratch. And, and what's surprising uh, to me is that uh, it was Gerard Gallant uh, who uh, made the, the decision to, to make him a healthy scratch. He, he's made him a, a fourth-line player to try and get his attention uh, throughout the year, and it finally came to the point where uh, uh, Gallant felt it, it, he needed uh, to be a healthy scratch um, Gerard Gallant, we know that he is uh, very much a player's coach. If if he airs on any side, it's it's uh, it's that he's uh, you know there on the side of the player. He's a good communicator with players, um, and this just seems like it's uh, going a bit off the rails. Um, if you look at at the you know the the description of. Of Lafreniere's recent play, um, you know the the journalists are talking about seeing him being uh, disconnected, being disengaged, uh, being a step slow in the play, and not look not looking like he has any interest in in being there, uh, questioning his work ethic, um, and 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 that's really uh, unfortunate. Um, when uh, Gallant met with the reporters on Wednesday. Uh, he said, I want him to be better. Laffey has got some chances to play with good people, and he has. He's played uh, um, on, on – he hasn't had much power play time, but he's, he's played on good lines. Uh, and uh, Gallant went on to say he's played well at times but is very inconsistent. Um, again, this is, this is um, you know, the Canadians have talked about uh, – Kent Hughes particularly talked about – um, that that they would like to not go through a typical rebuild. We talked about the New Jersey Devils and how they've built through the draft and how long it's taken them uh, to get to uh, be successful and be at the top of the league after draft after draft after draft picking picking early. Uh, Kent Hughes has said uh, the Canadians would like not to do that, and we saw evidence of that with Kirby Doc. They wanted to accelerate. Uh, the rebuild, and um, uh, Kent Hughes has said, you know, a uh, a first round pick from the previous year is better than a first round pick from the current year. Uh, in this case, a first overall pick, twenty twenty, uh, is it better than uh, one of the first round picks 
Uh, is he better than one of the first-round picks that the Canadians hold this year? Um, boy, I, I would <laughs> I'd exercise a huge lump of caution given um, you know the way Lafreniere has, has developed. Um, he's probably on pace for 35, 38 points, maybe a 40-point season if he gets back on track um, for a first-round pick two years ago. Um, you know, I, I don't know. The Canadians have, or the uh, Rangers have developed uh, other uh, players. So, uh, you know, it's maybe not a criticism of their development system, but certainly with this particular player, um, it, it just hasn't gone well. Um, you know, you look at, at the quotes, there was a, an article in, in uh, The Athletic where they quoted some unnamed uh, NHL scouts Lafreniere doesn't seem to accomplish much out there with or without the puck, said one NHL scout. When you watch him play, it's hard to find him out there. He has little impact on the outcome of the game. I don't know if it's lack of confidence, but processing the game seems to be uh, a problem, and he's a little bit behind the game uh, each time. Uh, another, um, Another scout says he has to decide what kind of player he's going to be. If he's going to be a guy that's strong down low and take pucks to the net, then that's what he has to do consistently. He has no identity right now. Uh, during his draft year, um, it, was, it wasn't it was universal that he was going to be the uh, uh, first overall pick. They talked about how how good he was with hockey sense and, and his skill level. His skating has always been a problem. It's always been uh, below the, the NHL uh, level. Um, but he was thought of as a playmaker, and and uh, he had good vision, good hockey sense. Um, he was able to uh, make you know amazing high difficulty passes. Um, you know, with respect to uh, his uh, his skating, scout said, "quote He gets around well enough." That's that's a, that's a warning sign right there. Um, but at the time, you saw scouts saying, "Here's a quote." Hard to pass up on a six foot four centerman who can skate. That's that was Quinton Byfield. Uh, they would have taken Byfield over Lafreniere. Um, another scout. The hype train says Lafreniere will go number one, but scouting eyes will see Byfield as the better player. Um, uh, Lafreniere isn't exactly ripping it apart. This is another NHL scout in the queue. Meanwhile, Byfield is much younger and winning games for Sudbury on his own. Um, what about that German kid? Stutzla is skilled and can fly. Uh, and uh, another scout saying Stutzla has the higher ups, upside. Um, so it, it yes, there's, there's a lot of discussion. Um, and, and I guess we want to hear uh, from Canadians fans as, as far as what you think about, um, you know, the, the, the management going out, accelerating um, the, uh, the rebuild, um, maybe giving up, uh, some draft picks. Although you would think that the Rangers, if they're in win now mode would, would be wanting, um, wanting players that can help them do that. Um, but, uh, would you support, uh, the Canadians bringing, taking a risk and it is a risk, uh, as they did with Kirby doc. And, and I, I think the situation you may have a different opinion, but I think the situation between Kirby Doc and uh, Alexi Lafreniere is completely different because Kirby Doc was showing signs. Kirby Doc had lost his confidence and, and his ability to contribute to the 
um, the offense, but in every other portion of the game, he was doing pretty well. And it was kind of curious that uh, the Blackhawks were willing to give him, give up on him so quickly. I don't think that it's the same. It's not the same situation. Doc's play was playing against uh, top lines at the time um, in Chicago before he was traded. That hasn't been the case for Lafreniere. And so, I think a little bit of a different situation, but will the the, the management take a risk and um, and give up uh, um, picks and and maybe a you know one of their veterans uh, or more to to try and land Alexi Lafreniere? Yeah, I agree. Different situations with uh, Doc and uh, Laugh. I think one of the things that uh, did not help Doc very much in Chicago was a big injury. Of course, uh, so far Lafreniere has been relatively healthy throughout his whole career. In 171 games, uh, Lafreniere has 69 points, 36 goals, 33 assists, so certainly not living up to uh, the pedigree of a first overall pick. But uh, in a trade, uh, that first overall pick pedigree is definitely going to come into play. So I think if uh, you are the Canadians or any team and you are interested in uh, Alexis Lafreniere, um, you're probably going to have to give up uh, similar returns to what uh, – you know, the Rangers got back for Nils Lundqvist and what Chicago got back for Kirby Doc. You know, it starts with a first round pick. You're probably going to have to throw in some other draft picks or prospect. You mentioned that the Rangers are in win now mode. Uh, they might want a player for now. I'm, I'm not sure which uh, player for now Montreal has it uh, would fit on the New York Rangers. Um, Unfortunately, I, I just feel like the the price and everything else that goes along with it, it's going to be a little bit too steep for the Montreal Canadiens. Seems like a bit of a risk, too. It's not going to be a sure thing. Uh, it's not going to be... Uh, I know that uh, with Kirby Doc, there was a bit of a risk there, too, that that wasn't going to work out. So far, it's worked out, but it's definitely a completely different situation uh, with uh, Lafreniere, where it's he's just he's not looked good. You you mentioned him just not having a good hockey sense, uh, not being a great skater. I would probably stay away from that, unfortunately. Uh, my galaxy brain might want to mention, you know, maybe a slap for laugh swap would be great, but no, I wouldn't even <laughs> uh, consider that. Uh, uh, it, it is what it is for Lafreniere. I, I hope that uh, he can uh, start to get things going. Uh, obviously, if you want to redo that, uh, you know, the top three there, I think that uh, Lafreniere probably uh, doesn't even come close to being a, a first round, uh, or I guess in the maybe even the top five of that draft, unfortunately. Uh, curious case that I felt like it was pretty, it, it, was, it was, it was an easy pick for the Rangers to go with Lafreniere over some of the other guys, uh, but uh, it's too bad. I, I really did like that player when uh, he was in junior, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we I don't know for sure that uh, the Rangers are really even wanting to move on from him at this point. They just want more out of him, right? Yeah, I think so. There's been no um, no indication at all that the the Rangers are 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 shopping him. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure that they would like to. Uh, and, and there and there's you know, if you think about Kravtsov or or another, there might be other players where that applies. But I I haven't heard that same situation with respect to Lafreniere. Um, now, so that leads me to believe that that the return would have to be astronomical um and and knowing that the canadians also have that 
you know, whole uh, homegrown aspect, uh, you know, that they would be satisfying uh, in a trade like that. I think Drury would be uh, asking for the moon for sure. That would include, yes, uh, first round picks includes, uh, you know, maybe a Josh Anderson that that Gallant has had some experience with and, and feels uh, he needs that element in, in his lineup um, and, and, and others. Um, so this is going to be a situation where I, I would hope that Kent Hughes treads uh, a little carefully. Yeah, and of course, uh, this seems like it's going to be a topic that's going to come up uh, throughout this season and be really drawn out. So we'll keep an eye on everything that goes on here, uh, keep you up to date with it. If there is any chance that the Montreal Canadiens have interest in this player, uh, we'll be the first ones to let you know for sure. So uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, Coming up, uh, we'll hear from our sponsors, DraftKings, and then it's uh, the big topic segment. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hey, hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. You can follow him at Habs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can visit the website CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder here to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. And you know what? In just over a week, it's the midpoint of the 2022-2023 season. Already? And today it's New Year's Eve. So we're basically at a halfway point. The The year 2022, basically gone. I mentioned in the first segment, wow, what a fast year. Uh, tons of things happened. Uh, so many things that it feels like things like, you know, the Martin St. Louis hiring happened decades ago i I barely even remember when that happened you know so it's uh, crazy that that's been happening but uh you know what the the big thing that's been talked about is how to fix the habs well along the way here i think we have to remind ourselves of some of the better moments that have happened for the montreal Canadiens so far this season right absolutely yeah when you're when you're fixing the team or people are uh, making suggestions fans are making suggestions media are making suggestions uh, you have to acknowledge, I think, what's gone right, um, and and uh, that's only fair. And I think in fixing uh, the Montreal Canadiens, and and when you think about 
uh, the year that's gone by, and and we could talk about you know the hiring of Kent Hughes. You said uh, Marty St. Louis. There's there was the Weber trade. There was the Petrie trade. Uh, but but the moment in the off season um, that everyone was waiting for, um, it was highly anticipated. Was the Canadians first winning the lottery, winning the draft lottery, and then uh, and then making their um, a first round pick and our first overall pick. And, um, you know, it was a topic of a lot of debate amongst Canadians fans. It was a topic of debate amongst Canadians management, the hockey operations folks. And that debate went right up until the very last minute. Uh, we know that uh, because we were told that by, by Hughes, by Gordon, by, by Bob Ruff, that they debated this back and forth. Um, until that moment uh, on July 7th when the when uh, Kent Hughes stepped to the podium and we heard these words. With our first pick in the 2022 NHL draft, the Canadiens de Montréal sont fiers de repêcher from the Slovakian national team and TPS Turku, Yuri Slavkovsky. Yeah, we heard applause, absolutely applause uh, from Canadians fans. But it wasn't. I remember I was there in two thousand nine when um, Louis LeBlanc was picked uh, first overall by by the Canadians, and that the roof came off the the, the Bell Center at that point. Um, it, not quite the same moment. We had a, a whole group there from Rocket Sports, including yourself, Michael, and and uh, I think this was a little bit different uh, than that two thousand nine draft. Yeah, maybe a little bit controversial. I just remember the whole lead up of all the fans chanting Shane, Shane, Shane. <laughs> I don't think that uh, Slavkovsky was really on the radar for that first overall pick. I think people were assuming uh, that Shane Wright was obviously going to be it. Uh, people already purchased their Wright jerseys. Uh, maybe one or two people uh, in the audience uh, knew that Slavkovsky was going to be uh, the first overall pick for sure, but... Uh, Big surprise when uh, you go, you hear uh, Ken Hughes start to talk about uh, the Slovakia League. I was like, what is going on here? Uh, just the sheer drama, uh, maybe some booze and a mixed reaction to start. But uh, obviously Habs fans after a certain point really warmed up to the idea of Slavkovsky. He got his uh, fair bit of cheering, uh, of course. And uh, I think throughout the summer, uh, fans got very excited about this prospect. So... And, and honestly, that wasn't even the most drama. Like, if it wasn't a big enough deal that uh, the Montreal Canadiens were having the first overall pick so at there was, home hosting the draft, right? <laughs> yeah, there was Gary Bettman who stepped to the podium. We have a trade to announce. <laughs> the famous wor oh. words of Gary Bettman, we have a trade to announce. Yeah, well, I mean, as soon as people saw Gary, the booing started, and then he <laughs> mentioned that uh, there were a couple Montreal Canadiens trades, so then the reaction kind of changed a bit. Uh, he announced uh, Romanov uh, to uh, New Jersey, and uh, Montreal would be taking back the 13th overall pick. That uh, I think people were a little bit stunned by that as well, because at that point, Romanov, I think, was a bit of a fan favorite, uh, probably one of the more consistent uh, players over that just awful uh, season last year the other new and, york team the islanders I'm, but i know what you meant oh yes my bad <laughs> yeah but just absolutely crazy that that yeah. happened but following that up with we're gonna flip this uh, 13th overall pick along with some other picks 
to Chicago in exchange for Kirby Doc. Incredible. I, I, I didn't think that Kirby Doc was moving at all. I don't think there were rumors about this happening at all. Like, nothing leaked. So uh, people seem pretty excited about the Kirby Doc trade, though. Um, yeah, I, it took me, like, at least a few hours to really, <laughs> really uh, just understand what just went down. And uh, like I said, just the sheer drama of all of that uh, and doing it at home in front of the home crowd. Absolutely incredible. And that really set the tone for this offseason and this season for sure. For sure. And and you saw, you know, after it all played out, uh, the Canadians had some depth, uh, you know, on defense. Uh, they had a, a hard-hitting defenseman that they were uh, that that many fans didn't know about, but they were pretty high on in Arbor Jacki and felt comfortable uh, trading away uh, again a fan favorite in in Romanov uh, to the to the Islanders to get uh, a, a, a center. Um, yes, he has played some wing this year, but um, you know there's no question in the mind of of Canadians management that they saw after tr- making this trade, the future of the Canadians with, uh, with both Nick Suzuki and Kirby doc down the middle. So, yeah, like I said, the draft just full of drama and, uh, let's uh, get into what's happened so far in this season, uh, the 2022, 2023 season, lots of great moments, but, uh, we narrowed it down to specifically five and, all of them seem to come in just two games that happened in October, oddly enough. Um, the game on October 12th uh, against Toronto, the season opener at home, and then on October the 20th against Arizona at home. Uh, if you want to relive those memories uh, as we talk about this, uh, you can check out on uh, allhabs.net uh, the October 12th game against Toronto. The recap is entitled A Thrilling Start. And the uh, October twentieth game uh, entitled "Smiles," so you can go back and check that out to re- to relive all those awesome memories. Um, I'll start it off here on the twelfth uh, against Toronto at home. Montreal wins their first game of the season. Uh, to me, Montreal versus Toronto. I'm I'm always wanting Montreal just to beat Toronto. I don't care. I want everybody to beat Toronto. But uh, in the way this happened to Montreal, coming off of a pretty bad preseason, didn't win any games. Uh, they came off of a really bad season the year before. Wasn't really sure what to expect, but uh, beating Toronto 4-3 to at home, that's significant. I love that. Two goals from Caulfield, 32 saves from Jake Allen. Um, what a better way to start the season. That uh, really just showed, uh, that ha- showed Habs fans that, uh, you know what, this Montreal team is definitely taking a step forward. They're not going to get pummeled every single game. They're going to compete. They're going to be fun to watch. And uh, most of, most importantly, they beat Toronto, and that's always <laughs> just a big deal for me. Yeah, it was it was a thrill for for Habs fans. Uh, thus, uh, a thrilling start. The the name of the of the or the title of that recap. And and just to go back and read that recap and and uh, as you said uh, relive the moments, it was amazing given given what's happened, uh, all that happened in that that uh, that one game. Um, you had the the rookie laps, um, and it was the first time since uh, 1995 that the Canadians had three players making their NHL debuts uh, in a season opener. Um, you know, that, that's, that's incredible. Uh, Yuri Slavkovsky was, was great. Jordan, Her- um, um, 
uh, while Jordan Harris uh, had had been in the, the the but had only played a few games, and Jonathan Kovacevic, uh, he was new. Uh, Caden Gooley, um, um, it, it was just a incredible uh, feel, and and Arbor Xhaka, of course, uh, being the third. Um, and the game was exciting in and itself. And, and uh, uh, Caden Gooley, out of the blocks, played 22 and a half minutes in that game and, and played well, played amazingly well. Jordan Harris um, had an assist uh, just shy of, of 20 minutes in that game. Um, uh, Jonathan Kovacevic, uh, uh, six, six hits. Um, David Savard had nine of the, of, of Montreal's 23 block shots. Incredible. Just, just an incredible game. And it's actually, uh, one of the, the more incredible moments, the more emotional moments of, uh, the first half of this 2022, 2023 season happened prior to the game in the player introductions. Incredible. You mentioned chills. I'm, I'm, I have chills now. Remembering that moment, Kerry walking down the court of the entrance with his cowboy hat, uh, Bell Center erupted, um, absolutely erupted, uh, and then went into the the Kerry Kerry chants. It went on and on and on, and um, yeah, certainly without question, one of the most emotional moments of this uh, the first half of this season yeah, you think about everything that Carey Price has gone to uh, throughout this past year uh, winning the Masterton just absolutely amazing the ovation that he received even though he's not played a game yet uh, Carey Price still a, a fan favorite uh, one of the greatest Montreal Canadiens of all time um, well-deserved ovation and you you said uh, chills I'm getting them again too <laughs> just hearing that uh, a spectacular moment uh, and uh, obviously the fact that Montreal came through and uh, won that game for Carey Price uh, just what a great moment overall yeah um, amazing and and uh, yeah worthy of us reliving um, in one of those two games that we're we're focusing on uh, in in the first half of the season so we'll uh, take a look at this next game, and this one, uh, October the 20th, the uh, 6-2 win over Arizona at home. I think the big moment we both agree on here, Arbor Xhaka's first <laughs> NHL fight with Zach Cassian, and wow, uh, Arbor Xhaka made headlines coming out of the preseason. A lot of people were thinking, wow, what's this guy going to do? Like, is his defense good enough? Is he going to be able to stay in the NHL? And he goes toe-to-toe with one of the toughest and one of the strongest guys in the NHL and made him look pretty silly. Um, I watched this highlight so many times, and just I think Cassian was surprised that uh, Jackai was so strong. He, he, like, Jackai pulls the jersey over Cassian's head and just absolutely throws him down on the ice. Uh, one of my favorite fights so far this season. Uh, Jackai... Big fan favorite right now. I think to me this was significant because that showed that, you know what, Arbor Jack does have a role on this team in the NHL. 
I think that there are many things that he can improve upon, but you know what? He's, he, he has a role. His teammates love him. Uh, the fans love him. And uh, what a way to just absolutely start your NHL career, beating one of the toughest and most strongest guys in the NHL in a fight. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm here trying to make a name for myself and show that I'm going to stick up for my team and that I'm tough and maybe they'll think twice about running our guys. He was sending a message to the entire NHL, and and it was uh, it was received. This was not only talked about in Montreal, uh, but around uh, the NHL, uh, and, and the way the fight uh, unfolded. Um, Arbajak, I said, uh, you know, he had he had heard some taunts um, when he was talking to Chris Nyland. He said, uh, you know, lots. Of, he heard the chirps. You know, go back to Costco. Uh, chirps on the ice. And uh, he he didn't waste any time engaging Zach Cassian, and he got a tip. Michael Pozzetta was not in the lineup for this game against Arizona, but told uh, told uh, Arbor Jacki, don't let him set up, don't let Cassian set up, and he didn't. He charged right after him, and I think that that really surprised Cassian. Um, and yes, he absolutely obliterated, just pummeled uh, Zach Cassian pulled the jersey over, and then uh, spun him at, on the ice after the fight was over, uh, kind of humiliating and and really, really sending a message. Um, yeah, we each picked uh, three moments, and, and uh, this one uh, we agreed on 100%. We both chose uh, uh, Jack I uh, s- sending a message to the NHL that he had arrived. Yeah, and I remember at the time too, there was concern that you know what's uh, Jack I gonna do up against like Orion Reeves and whatnot. Uh, I don't think we've seen that uh, happen uh, yet, but uh, you know what? It, it's it was a big deal at the time, and I still remember this happening and just being so surprised that uh, Arbor Jack I was able to do that so well. Uh, you mentioned uh, Cassian didn't get set up. Yeah, he wasn't set up at all, and almost looked like. Uh, Arbor Jack guy at one point was trying to ragdoll him and he looked nearly successful at it. So yeah. uh, he's not going to be headed back to uh, Costco anytime soon. Uh, he's, uh, I guess, a good NHL defenseman for the time being, probably one of the strongest guys in the league. But that wasn't the only thing that happened in this uh, game on October uh, 20th. And uh, there was other things that happened. Yeah, so my next uh, pick here, it's uh, Uri Slavkovsky's first NHL goal. Um, was this the prettiest goal? No. Was this the most mature celebration? No. But uh, you know what? <laughs> very significant. Uh, first overall pick, uh, being able to score a big goal at home. Um, it, w- it was obvious that uh, Slaff uh, was not getting off to a very hot start, uh, like a lot of people might have wanted him to. Uh, lacking some confidence, a little bit slow. But this, I think, really brought him alive, and it just showed his character quite a bit. Um, when you go back, you watch the highlight, you see uh, Josh Brown try to make a big hit on uh, Slavkovsky. And Slavkovsky, uh, I guess it was a bit of a poke the bear situation. He really came alive, and he was like, you know what? I'm going to score right now. Scored a goal on uh, Connor Ingram and uh, then stuck his tongue out at uh, Josh Brown. <laughs> I think this was a pretty big moment for a lot of Habs fans. I think some Habs fans even loved the meme of uh, Slavkovsky with his tongue out. I'm not a huge fan of that part, but uh, you know what? You had to be happy for him. You can tell he was super happy, too. Uh, let's uh, hear from your eye right now. Amazing to score a good first goal in this building. Yeah, it's a dream come true for sure. 
And um, Arbor Jack, I didn't get an assist on on the play, but he played a big part. <laughs> he just yeah. absolutely came in and crushed uh, Josh Brown on that. And and uh, uh, yeah, the 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 tongue thing was uh, yeah. I I think he's learned, and and Slavkovsky heard. Uh, from some folks in uh, some former NHLers in in Slovakia that said, uh-uh, "You don't do that," um, and uh, and he's he's I think learned his lesson. But yeah, it was it was a big deal for him. It was a big deal that it happened at the Bell Center, uh, and that he got the kind of ovation and, and appreciation uh, that he did. And uh, yeah, he was he was absolutely thrilled and. And uh, a big bit of a monkey off his back there. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, Ricky, you have one more moment from this game that you found pretty significant. Could it could it get any better? Uh, and yet it did. Uh, there was a penalty shot uh, that that came up, and it was uh, Nick Suzuki taking the the penalty shot, and he pulled out a move uh, from Pavel Datsik. Uh, that he had seen on on video, and it had the guys, even um, the the scratch players in the press box, um, you know, just uh, howling. The guys on the bench tapping their sticks, and uh, here's Nick Suzuki describing the moment. Yeah, I've seen him do that a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've watched all those highlights on on YouTube. So uh, I think it looked like her dad's do that again. It's just sharks or something, like change up. So it was nice. That change-up move, and it wasn't the first time this or it was the first time, but it wasn't the only time that Suzuki has used that. He used it as well uh, in a shootout, and it's the kind of, you know, as 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 a a former goaltender, you cringe a little bit because it 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 kind of embarrasses the goaltender. Uh, but it's it's worked uh, twice now, and and uh, what a what a move that 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 change-up that flip. Um, that he did. Uh, and again, yes, uh, can you believe it? All of those um, highlights, and, and they were major highlights that happened in the first half of, of this season, all happened in that uh, in that game on October 20th. Yeah, love that move from Suzuki. That really just showed me that he, he means business. He has the skill to pull that off, which is absolutely incredible. I, I think there were moments in the last season where uh, people were having their doubts about Suzuki. You know, is he really a number one or is he going to be a number two? To me, when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, Nick Suzuki for sure is going to be a number one center here. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it's kind of silly to say that after a penalty shot, but just um, – the skill it takes to be able to pull that off. And he, he did it well. He he was calm. He was composed and did, you know, the Datsuki and move just absolutely incredible. Love the highlight. Uh, I'm probably going to sit down and watch that a few times later today. <laughs> well, the, not the skill for sure, but also the confidence, because if you fail on that, um, the forward looks pretty silly um, yeah. as well. So when Marty St. Louis is talking about swagger, that's, I, I think he should play that. That's a bit of swagger from, and confidence from Nick Suzuki. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I put that into one of my favorite NHL highlights from this season. I know, uh, you know, Sportsnet, TSN, they do their big countdowns. That that one's got to be a top 10 for sure. For no? sure. <laughs> for sure. 
Uh, so like like we said just so many great moments uh kind of interesting that um, our top five both landed within uh, two games there in october i'm sure there will be plenty of plenty more significant moments uh coming up for the montreal Canadiens uh through the rest of the season here and uh obviously our listeners here uh if there was a moment that uh, you uh found very significant if there was a favorite moment you had that we did not mention Feel free to reach out and let us know. I'd love to hear uh, what uh, some of our listeners have to say. For sure. 5853-ROCKET. You can text us or send us an email. When you send us an email, the only thing we ask, and you send that to info at allhabs.net, the only thing we ask is uh, leave us your name and uh, and where you live and, and so that if we read it on the air, we can give you credit. For sure. So, like I said, these are our top five moments. And, uh, Rick, are you ready to head on into the segment three here? Absolutely, because uh, we, we want to, again, this the whole theme has been about fixing uh, the Montreal Canadiens. There aren't easy answers, uh, and, and we knew it was going to be a, a difficult season. Um, but uh, I, I think that, that, that Habs fans... Uh, some think that, you know, uh, no fixing is needed. Let them fall to the bottom, uh, get into the Bedard sweepstakes. Others think, uh, there are things that can be done and, and, uh, we want to explore a little bit of that, uh, as well. Yeah. So we'll take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Stay with us. This is Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Ooh. 
Welcome back to episode 224 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow Ahab's Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder here, you can text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line at 5853-ROCKET. So that was uh, really fun to take a trip down memory lane in the segment two here. All those uh, significant moments from this past season, uh, relive that draft moment a little bit. And um, honestly, just uh, goosebumps. I I keep saying that uh, throughout this uh, episode, but uh, looking back at all the things, there's so many goosebumps on my arm and it's incredible. I I agree. And, and, uh, and yes, it's, it's important, particularly, uh, you know, fans think the Canadians need fixing. Fans are, are sad that the Canadians are on a four-game losing streak. It's important as we have come to the end of the calendar year and the midpoint in the season uh, to look back and, and relive some of those really um, exciting moments, those really meaningful moments that, that have happened uh, so far in the first half of the season. But uh, there is plenty more hockey to happen uh, throughout the rest of this season. And uh, if you want some help staying up to date, is uh, honestly, there's just so much that goes on with this Montreal Canadiens team. I, even I find it difficult. The best way to stay up to date is to go to allhabs.net. There you will find Chris G's weekly notepad. Uh, you can check that out every Monday when that comes out. Uh, he'll keep you up to date on everything. Montreal Canadiens, Laval Rocket, Trois-Rivières Lions, uh, anything that happens front office, on ice, uh, personnel, uh, he covers it. So that's probably your best source to stay up with, stay up to date with all the news. Also, if you want to head over to our YouTube channel, just search at All Habs on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. You're not going to want to miss a single episode of the Habs Hockey Report. That's hosted by Amy Johnson. Uh, this week's episode is entitled Justin Barron Belongs on the Power Play. So make sure you check that out. Uh, That comes out every Thursday. Amy Johnson gives you all your Habs news updates, and she uh, covers some interesting topics like this as well. Uh, Like the videos, subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, If you leave a comment, uh, Amy's always going to interact with you. Uh, She'll uh, have a nice discussion with you in the comments. She might even read what you've said on air, so uh, make sure you do that. And uh, Honestly, Amy Johnson, great host. Uh, She also hosts uh, The Press Zone, uh, one of our Rocket Sports uh, radio podcasts uh, as that comes out every Tuesday that's uh, your best source to stay up to date with AHL Laval Rocket anything Habs prospects so make sure you head to the pressstone.fm uh, like and subscribe and uh, you never want to miss a single episode of that and you Plus, you want to oh yes subscribe to the press zone subscribe to the Canadians connection in the the player that you're uh, listening to us now on um, and and subscribe on YouTube to find uh, our YouTube channel just uh, in the search bar at all Habs all one word all Habs and you'll go right there and as you say I, I agree with you a hundred percent that uh, Amy's very in, uh, uh, puts out provocative uh, uh, questions and 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 statements and and then engages in in a discussion. Uh, with her viewers, and uh, she said this week, and and it and it goes right along with our our um, episode title, fixing the Can- the the Canadians. One of the things that needs major fixing uh, is uh, the power play. Uh, we know that, and um, and, and maybe uh, Justin Barron, because of his success on the power play, 
uh, in Laval deserves an opportunity, and and many uh, were expecting that he'd get that opportunity right away. Um, we saw that, that the folks at Sportsnet were pretty critical. Uh, the folks at The Athletic were pretty critical of, of uh, Justin uh, Barron not being on the power play. Um, there was there was a, a response on YouTube uh, from one viewer who said, well, you know, he, he got uh, a number of goals, but what you need is is uh, somebody who's uh, racking up the assists in, in Lavelle. I, you know, I, I couldn't disagree more. All you need is 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 a warm body who's had some success on the power play, uh, in in uh, for the Canadians and maybe a new power play coach. Um, but yes, absolutely, I think the majority of fans are. Um, one way of fixing uh, the Habs is getting a a functioning power play that isn't at the bottom of the, st- the standings in that uh, uh, regard, and and uh, and. and Watch, watch, watch the the video on YouTube. Watch our our um, uh, all the videos that uh, Amy Johnson puts out, and let us know your opinion. Either um, in that uh, in the in the below the video in the comment section, or send us uh, your thoughts in the places we've um, like the uh, text line or by email. And uh, obviously, every Saturday, the Canadians Connection comes out. Uh, you can check that out either in the player that you're listening to now or at uh, CanadiansConnection.fm. Uh, like you said, make sure you hit subscribe. Uh, never miss a single episode. Uh, we're here all throughout the year. Uh, sometimes podcasts drop out uh, throughout the summer, but no, we'll be here uh, throughout the summer as well, uh, keeping you up to date on anything and everything Montreal Canadiens. So now I think it's a good time to get to our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week. We want to hear from you. How would you fix the Habs? So like you said, uh, Rick, if you want to reach out uh, by email or text, uh, maybe you can uh, read out uh, those uh, text lines and emails for uh, all our listeners uh, to once again uh, be reminded of that. Info at allhabs.net is by email. Our text line, the Rocket Sports text line, 5853ROCKET, or, or pay a visit to our um, f- official All Habs page on Facebook, facebook.com slash All Habs. We have over 52,000 uh, fans who regularly participate, uh, Canadians fans, and they've got a million ideas of, of how to uh, fix the Canadians. Um, or uh, shoot us, uh, reach out to us on social media, on, on one of our Twitter accounts, um, one of the things we talked about is uh, a one fix for the Canadians or one way of accelerating uh, this rebuild would be the acquisition of uh, Alexi Lafreniere and uh, Richard Fontaine. He's at KingRick56 uh, on Twitter. That's not me. Um, he says uh, uh, in, in response to uh, uh, the Canadians acquiring Lafreniere, he would be willing to acquire uh, Alexi Lafreniere. He would give, be willing to send to the New York Rangers Joel Edmondson, Josh Anderson, Lane Hudson, uh, a 2023 first-round uh, pick. Uh, doesn't say which one. And retaining 50% of the salaries of Edmondson and Anderson. Uh, that's, a, that's a boatload. Price. Uh, my goodness, I'm not going there. Uh, but... Um, uh, uh, well, let us know what you think if you agree with Richard on this one. 
Yeah, or if you have another trade in mind, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, do you want the Montreal Canadiens to be in on the La- well potential Lafreniere sweepstakes? Uh, make sure you let us know for sure. And uh, I guess three games coming up this week, uh, starting here on uh, New Year's Eve, uh, an early start. Uh, Montreal is in Washington, so let's see if uh, Alex Ovechkin can continue to rack up those goals. Uh, maybe Montreal will be able to shut him down. Uh, a couple days later, uh, January the 3rd, Montreal pays a vis- visit to uh, Nashville. Uh, that's always an exciting game. And then on the 5th, uh, I believe Mike Rashel should be uh, boots on the ground for this game. Uh, New York Rangers take a visit to Montreal. So you'll get a vi- take a nice look at uh, what uh, Alexis Lafreniere can do. If he's, he's in the not lineup. Scratched. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Assuming he's not scratched. Uh, maybe this is a scouting mission uh, for the Rangers. So we'll see what happens there. <laughs> But uh, that uh, will be a wrap for us today. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast and the player on your favorite podcast app. Uh, You can also share on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week, and we'll be back here next Saturday, January the 7th, 2023, for another great episode. Happy New Year to all all of our listeners, and uh, thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.